Welcome to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We truly hope you're blessed as you listen to this week's message. Well, good morning. Good to see everyone. Everyone feel a little bit full already? Like, oh, like that was good. We feel full. Um, before I get into something, I'm going to kind of set the direction for where I think we're going to go this morning, which is going to be a little bit different. Um, I just want to kind of go back to something. You know, there's things that happen even in a family here, and there, you know, there's so much, you know, and you have 150 to 200 people, and you got a lot of things that happen during the week, and celebrations, achievements, and then there's even loss, and there's hardship, and things that people endure through. Um, and we had one here a few weeks ago that I just want to talk about. Um, for some of you who are newer, you may not, um, you may not have known her, uh, but Betty Tucker was a, a member of this church for over 20 years. And, uh, you know, Lanny has been a faithful member here, and, you know, the family's here usually when they're in town. Um, but I just wanted to, you know, just kind of highlight for us, or for many of us were at the memorial service a few weeks ago, um, and, and I was very touched by it. And, you know, for those of you who don't know, Betty, for the last 13 years, uh, 15 years, has been battling Alzheimer's. Oh, I think my mic just cut out. Am I out okay, Brian? Okay. Um, for the last 15 years, Betty had battled Alzheimer's. And uh, for 13 of those years, Lanny uh, and, and many aides and people from this church had taken care of her, you know, at their home. Um, which is really an astounding thing, uh, just of love and devotion. And, um, you know, I think through a lot of this, and some here walked pretty close with that situation, there was a lot of questions, and, you know, you know there's a lot still are unanswered questions that we have. Um, but one thing that was not unanswered and was that we know she was loved. She was loved for the last 13 years, um, and it was really a, a great privilege, you know, even as me, you know, Joy and I, senior leaders, one of the first memorial services, really, that I participated in since that happened back in April. Um, but it was just really an honor to be a part of that. And how many were here for that? I know there's many here and some that are downstairs today. Um, but it was a great honor to hear about her life and to think, you know, there's, everyone has stories, you know, and to hear that Betty actually had brought so many babies into the world, assisted with births, and there's just so much life there and activity. Uh, but I just wanted to just kind of take a moment this morning just to kind of honor her in the life of Betty Tucker. Um, you know, many of us, uh, you know, if you've been here for 20 years, you probably knew, saw her more in the beginning, but she was, you know, battling this sickness for the last 13 to 15 years. Uh, so many of us didn't get a chance to see her, or maybe you didn't know her, but, uh, but I will say this. What was quite amazing was to hear uh, Lanny's kids stand up here and say, Dad, because you, you took care of Mom, we're going to take care of you. And there is such a depth of love that is even hard to describe, you know. And, and honestly, you know, you know, we do weddings and, and funerals and memorial services. And sometimes it feels like the meaning of love gets lost somehow in there. You know, you have you know, certain weddings and maybe it's more excited for everyone to get together and drink alcohol than it is to actually do the wedding and, you know, form a commitment and realize what's happening you know, at that moment. But there was such a great presence of just awe and honor 
and uh, for the love that was shown there. So I just wanted to kind of honor Lanny, and I know he would not, he'd be embarrassed for me to even be talking about this, but it was such, so incredible. So there are those things that happen among us where there's such an amazing example of love and of devotion and, you know, enduring faith and love that d- loves even when it's not in the easiest of times, um, but endured, and it was a remarkable example of that. So just to honor that, the family, the Tucker family. Um, w- just switching gears a, a hair here, um, you know, it, this was an interesting week. Joy and I, we were preparing. Um, you know, I'm a planner. You know, I like to teach. I like to envision. I like to encourage. And all week, the Lord just kept saying he wasn't releasing a lot of stuff to me and in direction. And what I felt all week was that God was really calling us to worship. Um, you know, and I just couldn't shake this whole thing of just worship. And for those of you who are new, I mean, that's like one of the core reasons that we gather is to worship. And, uh, you know, God is not far off. And God's here. And he's accessible. Um, and uh, so we're going to actually, I just, we're going to share just a few things. And, and then actually we're going to go back into time of worship. Um, but... Yeah, so God's just doing something, and when he does it, you know, we're going to go where he's saying. So uh, that's what I've been sensing all week, and like, Lord, why aren't you, I got all this great stuff, but I don't feel like you've given me a green light. He's like, no, because I want you to worship. You know, I want everyone to worship. Um, But I wanted to just share a few thoughts and enjoy, too, just just some thoughts on worship as the Lord was sharing some things this week. you know, like I said, it's really one of the foundational reasons that we even get together. But when we think about worship in God, I feel like in some, maybe some of us were raised like this, where, you know, it was like someone else doing the worshiping and we participated. Or if you were raised in a real, you know, liturgical type thing, you had a participation, but maybe there wasn't a real connection, like with the Holy Spirit and with God. Um, but God... Um, we don't approach him as if he's this faraway father. If we've received him into our life, he's in us. He's close. He, he, he responds to us. Like that's such a major shift from most of the other gods in this world. They, they cry out, they, you know, even in the Bible with Baal, and they were cutting themselves, trying to get the attention of their God. And, you know, so many other religions in the world are like that. We don't have to do that. It's like we don't have to, you know, do a dance around a fire to get his attention. Or, you know, I mean, it's just so much easier. God is here. He's close. He's in us. Um, if you have your Bibles, open it up to Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10, um, 19 through 22. Uh, it says, Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, I love that, we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, that's all new stuff, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Just looking at the beginning of that passage, therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, you know, no longer is there a tabernacle where the only high priest can go in the inner 
uh, sanctuary and, you know, once a year on the Day of Atonement and, you know, to, you know uh, do this ritual before God. But we have access now all the time, all the time. I mean, every day when we're driving to work, I mean, it just doesn't matter when. We just have free access. And what does it look like when you don't have confidence to come before the Lord, you know? What does it look like? We do things like this, you know, we worship. It's like, you know, here are the thoughts that go through our heads. Oh, God, okay, I'm going to try to worship, but I, I really had a really lousy week. You know, I did this. I yelled at my wife. I responded nasty to my kids. All right, and maybe by the third or fourth song, I'll be able to lift my hand and sing, but for a while, I just got to deal with things in my heart and where I'm at, and I really can't open up my heart before you, you know, and it's like that is not coming boldly with confidence. But boldly coming confidence is like, okay, right from the get-go, God, I know you love me. I am free to worship you. I'm not held back by my past. It's like just this, oh, open up your, you know, yourself, look up, you know, get your head down, get looking up, I mean, in a posture of being willing to receive and open and confident and bold. That that's how God has, you know, we have confidence to come before him. My kids don't need any rituals to approach me, you know. It's like, I, I don't, okay, go back and do that again. Then you may come forth and bring your request to me, you know. My kids don't have any rituals to perform in order to come near me. Um, and God's not far off. We don't worship to get close to him. We worship because he's close to us. It's like, what a different way to think about things, you know? Uh, we worship because he's close to us. We're not trying to do anything to get close to him. Um, and I don't have any problem with us draw. It says to draw near to God, and he draws near to us. But he's not the one who's far off. You know, he, he, his face is always towards us. But sometimes we have to draw near because we've allowed shame and other things to get in the way of our life. And we've pulled back. And instead of, don't pull back, just stay in that place. And, you know, it's like, deal, deal with your sin, but then once you do, open yourself back up to God, because that's his heart. You know, I don't want my kids coming to me and say, Dad, I'm sorry, I really wanted to talk to you today, but I'm still getting over what I did a year ago, and I just can't bring myself to talk to you about this. It's like, I would be like, what are you talking about? I mean, that's ridiculous. Um, how about this? God is a rewarder of those who seek him that God actually rewards us. God responds to us, like in times of worship. And even this morning, you just felt just this amazing response, you know, from us to God and God back to us. Uh, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, worship, you know, I'm just kind of setting the stage, just some scriptures the Lord showed me before we go back into it. Um, but I think we got to really understand how crucial worship is to our life in the kingdom. Um, and I don't ever want to take it for granted. If you turn to, if you have your Bibles, you can look at Acts 13. Acts 13, the first missionary journey of Paul. It says, so Acts 13, verse 1. Now they were at Antioch in the church, uh, in the church that was there, prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, Ba, 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 who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. 
While they were ministering to the Lord in fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. The thing there is while they were ministering to the Lord, I'm sure involved worship, and while they were fasting, the Holy Spirit gave them direction and he told them what to do. And now we have the whole New Testament as a result of that. So I'm very thankful that they were worshiping there. Um, or else we wouldn't maybe not be reading all these books that we have today. But while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. You know, apostles. You know, while they were worshiping, God answered their prayer. He gave them direction. Uh, so many of us, you know, we need to be worshiping. It's just this constant, wonderful communion with God, and God's, there's direction that God's going to release to us. I mean, we see a biblical precedent for that. Um, God wants to release direction. He wants to release clarity. That's important. Um, you know, we have this wonderful saying we've been saying around here for a couple decades. If we respect his presence, he'll increase it. If we respect his presence and honor his presence, he'll increase it. And we believe that. Um, so just a couple other thoughts here. You know, every time of worship when we're in this, just a way of th to think of it, especially if you're new with us, worship is like a laboratory time. I mean, it's just a wonderful, you know, when you were in school, if you went to college and you took chemistry and you learned a lot of stuff, but then you stayed for chemistry lab and you put into practice all that stuff that you had learned and the really boring part of it, and then you got to, like, blow stuff up and set things on fire and apply all your knowledge, um, you know, that, that's kind of what worship is like. Worship is our laboratory time together where we can just worship God, listen to his voice, hear him, just enjoy the Lord. And, you know, I mean, so many times we'll sit down and just write out something that God will show us. And like, okay, that, that was what I was looking for. It brings a verse to remembrance, whatever, you know, sets you free from things. I mean, I've shared stories before, but uh, I remember one distinct time, and I've, sh I've shared this, I think, recently, but um, that I was dealing with a spirit of heaviness in my life that I didn't know that I had. Anyone ever felt like you just kind of carried around a heaviness and you don't know why it's there or you didn't feel like you did anything to deserve it? I think I was in that season, this was you know, several years ago, but I remember in a time of worship where I was worshiping, I had my eyes closed, and I physically felt something fall off of me. And, and I don't even, I knew immediately God released it, that it was a spirit of heaviness. He brought that scripture to my mind. That's the type of stuff that God does during worship. You just be obedient, and you don't know what God's going to do when. You don't know when he's going to highlight something in your life that, you know, he's been waiting for the right time, you know. Um, you, you just, we just don't know. So it's just, just approach it with confidence. Say, God, I am here to worship. I don't even feel like it today, but you know what? I'm going to enter in. I'm going to raise my hands. I'm going to lift my gaze up to look at you. I'm not going to look at myself and anything I've done wrong this week. It's not the time for that. Um, so the laboratory, it's like, what do you want to do today, God? What do you want to release to us and the reality is, is that when we talk about worship, we talk about prophetic worship. True prophetic worship is inseparable from revelation. You can't even worship like that without revelation from God because, you know, I mean, that's just how it works. When God reveals himself to us, we just worship. And when God shows you something more, the result is, I, yeah, I just worship. That's just amazing, God. Wow. 
So, you know, even there, true prophetic worship is inseparable from revelation. What does God want to reveal even this morning about who he is? I'll turn it over to Joy. Talk a lot here about encountering God's love changes everything. You've heard that before? Magnets, we've got magnets out front, but it's just very much the heart of what we want for people who walk through the doors is that they encounter God's love. We don't want to just woo them with beautiful songs or a great kids ministry. We want to we want them to encounter God's love because that changes everything. And when you've encountered him, you know that that's true because you've experienced it, and it, and it changes from head knowledge to heart knowledge when you experience him. Because you can have a lot of head knowledge and then come, come in contact with someone who can talk you out of that, but when you've experienced God, no one's ever going to be able to tell you, no, you haven't. Uh, actually, yeah. I have, and you can't talk me out of that because I, I, I saw him, I felt him, I experienced him. So during our times of corporate worship, we know we've been talking to the worship team a lot lately that we're, the purpose of us being up here is to create a runway for you to encounter Jesus. That's what we want to do in every way that we can. So we want to have excellent excellence in our music because we don't want you to be distracted by mistakes and sound that doesn't go right. It's not because we're trying to put on a show for you. It's because we just want to make that runway for you as clear and easy as it can be so that you can just step in and encounter Jesus. That's what we want you to do. And sometimes those encounters with Jesus, they're big and they break down a wall that was in your heart or like Steve experienced when the spirit of heaviness breaking off of him or he miraculously heals you. You know, there's times that those encounters are big and you remember those, but there's times that you encounter Jesus and little by little he melts away walls that are in your heart. And those are just as valid. So don't discount those things and listen to people share testimonies about their encounters with Jesus and think, well, mine wasn't that big, so mine must not be as important. They're all they're all important because as he melts away those little walls with each time that you meet with him, he changes you. He rearranges you. He transforms your heart, transforms your mind. Um, and when we have those encounters with him, we just learn of his love for us. We learn of the destiny that he has for us. We learn of how he sees us. Um, it changes our identity. We, we come together on Sundays and we have a time of corporate worship. Um, and you, you all have times of individual worship at home. I'm not talking about necessarily sitting in front of a piano and singing because worship is way bigger than that, right? When I'm doing dishes, uh, taking care of my family, I'm worshiping. When I'm putting my kids to bed, I'm worshiping. When I'm at work, I'm worshiping. You know, you have all those individual times of worship. Um, and that is vitally important. However, this time of corporate worship where we come together, there's something very unique and there's something very special about that because we're all together with like-minded hearts going after God as a group to say, God, we want to go somewhere together as a group. We want to bring your kingdom to earth. And that's what we're going for when we're here together. So you have your own individual experiences where you encounter God during worship, but it's also, it's also a big group of us going after it together. And new hope moves forward 
when we encounter Jesus together. New Hope brings the kingdom forward more. New Hope together corporately understands the love of God more so that when we leave these walls, which is the whole point, that we can go out and, and change the world with the love of God that we've experienced together corporately in this time. So we've been talking a lot about going after it. Um, John, John Lampanero, he's got this, God showed him that we, like, things are changing because we're going after something. And you'll, when I'm leading worship a lot, you'll hear me say we're going after it. We're coming at, together. I want you all to be hearing those words and saying, yes, I'm joining with that corporately, and I'm going after what it is that God has for us because our destiny here at New Hope is unique, we, we have something that other churches don't have, and they have something that we don't have. And so corporately together, we want to find out, God, what is that destiny? What is that unique thing about us that you are calling us to? So when I'm saying, we're going after you, God, we're going after you, God, we're going after you, God, you and your hearts together we're, are with us, and we're all saying yes. We're going after you because I want to experience you and I want my heart and mind to be transformed and because I want to be a part of new hope stepping into its destiny and we're all going to go after that together. I had a vision during worship this morning of a sponge and I was singing about soaking you in, soaking you in, but I had this vision that when we're worshiping and we're just giving it to God and we're saying like, I just give you, I give you everything. I give you my heart. I give you my future. That you're, you're like a sponge and you're squeezing out what you've got. You're squeezing it out and you're saying, God, I'm giving it to you. And then just as you worship and you're just in a posture of receiving, what does a sponge do after you squeeze out what's in there? It just soaks back up. Do you have to pull the sponge apart to soak, to get it to soak everything back up? It's just its natural state of being. This, this, it, the, the sponge soaks up things. That's what it does. You don't have to try to make it do it. So when we just pour out our hearts and we say, God, I'm just worshiping you and I'm giving it to you, we're receiving because we're just sponges that just soak in his presence. We soak in his breath. We soak in his spirit just by being because he loves us that much that he's ready to pour it out. He's like standing right over you like, give, give it out and I'm going to fill it right back up. Fill it right back up. And, you know, there's times that we're singing and, you know, like Steve was saying, you don't, you don't feel it. You know, you're, you're not quite there. I had an experience recently where we were singing a song and the bridge was, you're never going to let, never going to let me down. And I was just sitting, you know, singing along, and all of a sudden those words come up, and I go, you're never going to, ooh, and I was like, oh, I, f I was feeling a little let down at that point in time in my heart, and I was like, oh, I don't feel that, I don't feel those words, and I was wrestling in my heart like, God, I feel like you let me down a bit here, and I don't know that I can say that, and the Lord said to me, just say it, just say it, just say the words. So I was like slowly saying it. You're never going to let me down. You're never going to let me down. You're never going to let me down. And I was declaring the truth of the situation. It's the truth that God is never going to let me down, even though I didn't feel it. So when you're having those moments and you're singing the songs and the words don't feel 
like you feel them, just declare them, just declare truth. Because through me declaring that truth of you're never going to let me down, it was like God was shifting my heart. And he was showing me, like, I love you. I, I, I didn't let you down. That wasn't my heart. I'm with you. I'm hurting with you. I'm beside you. I'm holding up your arms. I'm giving you hugs when you feel let down. But it wasn't me that let you down. And if I hadn't been just obedient to sing the words that I didn't feel, then I wouldn't have had that revelation. So, so don't hold back. Just, just sing, sing what's there because there's truth happening and there's truth being spoken and we're declaring good things um so just join in yeah and yeah that's that's so good i just remember too harold when remember when harold everly was here and he talked about worship and he said something happens that when you worship together with each other it something bonds you together in the spirit there's something about you know um worshiping with one another in spirit and truth and that actually does a bonding among people. So that's how you feel like, you know, you've gotten to know people really well over the years, or it's just like their family. You've worshipped together. You've shared life together. And, uh, and I was thinking of that recently. We were doing a wedding uh, a few weeks ago uh, in the mountains, and um, we all, the whole wedding party had to take a gondola ride all the way up to the summit. Now, you know, I, I'm not the most exciting person about heights, so Joy was kept saying to me the whole time, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm fine, I'm fine. You know, we're going up the mountain. But I'm looking at these, like, cables, you know, that are just massive cables. And I was reminded of something. Um, I, I had a friend once who asked somebody, one of the cable car operators, they're like, you know, does that wire have to be really super strong to go up, like, a mile up a mountain and, like, carry all these big cars on it and everything? And the guy uh, told him, he said, it's not the strength of the cable, it's the strength of all the individual cables wrapped in there together and the friction that it causes. Um, and I always remember that. And it was like, you know, it's not just um, you know, one person or, or just us on our own. It's us all together with all these other cables wrapped up into one super strong impacting cable that, um, and there's friction amongst all the cables in there. And it's the friction that pr produces all the strength. So friction talks about movement. And it's like, you know, many different cables, a lot of movement, and produces a strong cable that everything can ride up a mountain on. And you don't even have to worry about it. But um, so I thought of it. So even this morning. Let me morning, just add something to oh, that. Oh, yeah. Good. We were going up the gondola, and Steve was, you know, a little bit nervous. And he was looking out the window, and I was like, are you okay? And I was wasn't like, really nervous. He was nervous. And, <laughs> and, and I said, are you scared? And he goes, no, because I think if I fell out of the gondola right here, I think I would survive. <laughs> and as we got farther and farther up the mountain, you know, I, I remember at one point we were high, and I was like, are you scared? And he said, I'm pretty sure if I fell out of the gondola right here, I would be dead. <laughs> so I was getting a little nervous. But, you know, just to add another analogy to that, like, we're, we're going, we're going to where if we fall out, we have nothing left except just to fall in the arms of Jesus. So let's go after that together. Let's not stay safe where, it's, where we're close to the ground and, and where if we fall out, we'll like don't have a lot to lose. Let's go after it together and we'll go up the mountain. And if we fall out, then God's going to be there to launch us up the rest of the way. So we're just going to go into worship. Uh, worship we're going to be obedient to the Lord if our team comes on up. And honestly, if it's all you're doing this morning is just a heart connection with the Lord, like that's amazing.
you just do what the Lord, you know, Holy Spirit encourages you to do. If you've never raised your hand before, you know, it's a wonderful thing to raise your hand and just, Lord, I'm just declaring this stuff. I'm in a posture of surrender to you. I mean, that's what it's like all about. Um, you don't have to like jump through hoops, stand on your head and try to do anything to impress God. You know, we, just, we can just worship and uh, enjoy it. So... Yeah, you're welcome to come up front if you want to go after it together, corporately, to the place where we'll die if we fall out of the gondola. Let's go there. Let's go to that place. (laughs) Why don't you just join with us if you've got a prayer language and you speak in tongues, just join with us and just pray. Pray in spirit. We really hope you enjoyed this week's message. Please join us again sometime and be sure to check out our exciting resources at newhopecom.org.